welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, where it's all about the journey and the joy to discovering who you are now and deciding who you want to become and embracing your genuine identity, influence, and impact. In each episode, we'll explore how life's experiences have prepared us for what we choose to do next and how to create our encore, write our own script, and star in the next stage of our lives. I'm your host, your next business strategist and transformation catalyst, Isabel Banerjee. Hello again, my online friends. It's been all about friends in the last couple of weeks and episodes, not that they're ever very far from my heart or my thoughts. Today, I have genuine pleasure to interview a new friend, someone new in my vitamin G corral. In the last episode, which honored National Best Friends Day, I talked about the impact of COVID on friendships and relationships. One of the benefits of being in lockdown and enduring the pandemic inconveniences was having some time and necessity, actually, as entrepreneurs to reach out and expand our circles and to connect with people in a different way. It's because of that, I was inspired to create the Global Serial Entrepreneurs Summits to bring women together around the world to share their feminine wisdom to help each other because that's lifting and climbing. And because of that, and another friend who is new in my world, I met today's guest, Lisa Zerotny. The magic behind the Positively Living podcast and a productivity coach with her business, Positively Productive Systems. I first want to say welcome, Lisa, and thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in today. Oh, Isabel, it's my pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. Yay! Yay! I have a tiny bit of knowledge of what brought you here today, what ship you came sailing in on, but I would like it very much if you would just set up a little bit of the Lisa story and position yourself for the conversations that we're going to have about feminine wisdom, productivity, collaboration, and my favorite, lifting and climbing. I would love to. Let's start with where we are now, and then I will bounce back and tell you a little bit of how I got there. So right now, I am here to coach multi-passionate entrepreneurs who are struggling to balance their business and family. And it's because that's what I went through. And I show them how to boost productivity and avoid burnout while making it feel simple and sustainable. And again, that's because that's what I went through years ago. I was a caregiver for my mom. I was pregnant twice. I had both of my children cared for my mom. I had my husband and he and I were trying to run a business all at the same time. You want to talk about juggling multiple roles. And don't we women do that 
so naturally and with this expectation of it being effortless. But when we talk, it's not at all effortless. And especially when you start changing roles in your life, when suddenly I became the matriarch of the family and now we're shifting it around and I'm caring for my mother and doing it in an unusual sandwich caregiver kind of way. It was, I don't even have words for it. I'll call it a dark time sometimes. I will call it an overwhelming time. It was also a beautiful time. I was able to give back to her and help her during the golden years of her life and keep her safe and happy. And my children were able to be loved, even if she didn't quite know who they were because she was suffering from Alzheimer's. And throughout that entire process, I was surviving, not thriving. And when that time as a caregiver came to a close for me and she passed on, I had a choice. I was at a crossroads and I had considered moving on to what I knew again. Do I get another job? What do I do next? You know, it's that when we're always saying that, what do I do? How do I fill in this space? And something, a voice somewhere inside me said, wait, it's time to clear out. And I started to declutter my life inside and out, really open up to self-care that I'd been denying myself, thinking that would make me a better caregiver. P.S. It doesn't. These are the points of advocacy that I have now. I advocate for the caregivers, for the nurturers, for those who give and want to light up the world, but they give to the point that it's to their detriment. So once I learned my lessons and I managed to get out of it and find healing for myself and my family, I knew I wanted to help others do the same and maybe even help them before they got to the point that I did. Thank you for that very personal sharing of how you came to be where you are today. And I so agree with you because setting ourselves up for this illusion that we can and should do everything for everyone has been a lesson that I've had to learn over and over in my life. As you say, moving to different roles. Mm -hmm. We're not the same all of our lives. We are constantly being promoted reluctantly at times. And you also gave me pause to think, hmm, I don't think I know any really happy, fun martyrs. None come to mind for me. I'm curious about this decluttering. How did that position you to go on and say, okay, Lisa doesn't have to be a martyr. It doesn't look good on her. Share that with us, please. Mm, that's such a good question. I've never had it asked in that way before. Well, for starters, the clutter aspect was very obvious in terms of the physical clutter because when you are in survival mode, you leave so much that is not essential and sometimes essential and you leave it out. You don't put things away. You let things pile up, if you will. Now, that can also happen in your schedule as well, and it did for me in both ways. The most obvious thing was the physical clutter. As I realized I needed to clear out first, it's almost like creating a blank slate, if you will. And so it's like clean up first before you start to add more. And that's what I learned. That was really the first step. Keep in mind, that's when you're feeling that overwhelm, you might have an idea of where you'd like to go and it might feel like it's so far away, but it's one step at a time, one small step. My small step was 
let me clean up my own mess. Let me make sense of it. Let me take one moment to care for me in a way that I haven't been. That creates the habit. I didn't know it at the time. I've since learned that. I've since gotten certifications in time management and stress management, become a habits coach, understood how it is that our minds work. But back then it was one step at a time. As I started to clear the path and feel the difference, I felt encouraged. That's what I love teaching others. Because when you are in survival mode, you think it can't possibly get better. You feel so truly depressed by it. I love bringing the hope of saying, it's not going to happen all at once. But if you do this one thing, you'll feel the difference. And you know what you focus on, you fuel. And good begets more good. When our brains are trained to do this, we find it. It was just that one small step. I have a very vivid image in my mind's theater of times in my life where I felt completely, I was in huge transition and transformation. And I felt I couldn't move forward because there was just all this pile in front of me, a mountain of undealt with stuff, unresolved issues, relationship clutter, everything. So I get what you're saying. It's not just physical decluttering, but it's mental decluttering, emotional decluttering. In fact, on that Best Friends podcast, I I did talk about that. As we grow and evolve, our friendships must also. That it may not feel really comfortable to think about it in terms, but in order to really feel good and successful and evolve You have to do some weeding in your friendship garden. Absolutely. That gets into the idea of toxic relationships and things. But backing up even further, to give you a perspective on where I was coming at with clutter, when I first cleared out my clutter, it was physical. And I thought I could help other people do this. And very, like literally, I did that as a professional organizer. What you touched upon is so important because the first time I stepped in someone else's home to help them process this physical clutter, I saw so clearly how it was their head and their heart that was connected to it. And the more that I explored that, the more I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't extra clothing you don't need. This is unprocessed trauma. This isn't books that you're never going to read. This is unprocessed grief. I started to make those connections and I was so fascinated by that. I thought the shortcut, if you will, is if we can get to the heart of the matter. And I guess that's how I've always been. I'm not a small talk kind of gal. You can mention the weather to me, but really I'm going to end up saying, how are you? And I really mean it. Go for it. You can tell me anything. So that's what I realized is that if we dig down deep into that, what you're talking about, those relationships that don't work for you anymore... And all that emotional baggage that we're talking about, that's the real clutter that we have to deal with. And that's affecting everything. It's affecting every choice we make, the energy that we have to tackle things, because really it's not time management, it's energy management and our priorities and ourself, right? I saw that connection and I understood it's so much more than making a pretty closet I left that behind. I mean, I still help people. I will still help them virtually organize. But really, I would rather know how are your relationships? What's your personality like? What are you still dealing with? And how can we work around that for you to develop the life you truly want to live? Wow. 
I'm looking over my computer, looking at the clutter in my office, thinking, oh boy, can you get on a plane? So energy, last name Banerjee sounds like energy. My ears pick that up. And I'm not the expert in this area. What's coming to me is that physical clutter drains energy as well. It's distracting. It's guilt-forming. I can't think of any positive reasons. Why would we stay immersed in an environment that physically doesn't support us to be open and energetic and joyful and feel like we love ourselves enough to make that nice, which sounds high and lofty, and I'm not trying to stand on a soapbox and preach here. But going back to the relationship part, the same thing is happening, right? If there are people around us that for habit, upbringing, we think it's our responsibility, it's uncomfortable, we don't know a path forward. Obviously, we don't push everybody off the cliff, but there are ways to reallocate those relationships in the priority of our lives And that to me is critical to move forward and grow. And for me, growth is important because if we're not growing and evolving and being the best that we can, utilizing all of our strengths and abilities and experience, then how can we possibly lift anybody else or be a role model to be a trailblazer? whether that's for our clients or it's our daughters or granddaughters or our neighbors, right? In the community that we choose, make it space for those opportunities. Yeah, I love that phrase. And I've often used that to make space for what matters. I really like how you describe this reallocating idea. That's so important because when people think of this concept of decluttering in whatever fashion, I think there's a misunderstanding that it means get rid of, get rid of. And I'll tell you right now, we have this tendency as humans, right? If I say, give me that, you don't need that. What's your first instinctive reaction? To hold it. Oh, wait, no, I might need it. I don't, what? No. (laughs) As opposed to talking it through and saying, what do you want to do right now? And what do you need to do that? What would be the best thing in your space right now to help you do that? And does that item help you do that? Does it belong there? Does it fit? Is it seasonal? You know, what's going on with it? And as you start to explore those questions and you stay in question mode, so you're not judging, you're just asking the questions and you realize, oh, I guess I don't need this or it doesn't belong here. With people, it can feel more complicated. There's obligations and family structure and and culture and certain expectations that we take upon us. You mean I can't take my husband and drop him off at Goodwill? Well, right now, I don't know if there's still COVID restrictions, but yes, exactly. (laughs) I just want to make a comment to our audience that at the moment you're listening to this on audio, but very soon I have a plan to have this also on YouTube. And when you watch this episode with Lisa and I, A, you will see how beautiful she is and how beautiful her background is. But also you will see that this flush on my cheeks isn't all cosmetic. It's the awareness of, oh, that's me. I'm warming up thinking, oh, I'm doing that. I'm holding on in case. What if? 
And wow, you just got me, girl, because I'm all about preaching abundance versus scarcity. And here I am. I'm stuck in scarcity because I don't want to let go of the stuff. All right. Lie down on the couch. Dr. Lisa is in session. Uh, And you know, you're in good company. You truly are. I know. We all go through it. And that's why this reflection is so important. It's completely okay. Remember too, that when we have certain actions that we do, like you said, why would you keep clutter around your office, for example? Well, there's a number of reasons. Many times people don't have a process that works for them that will help so that they don't panic about a forgotten to do. Many people are like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. Well, if you have a proper process, if you have a system in place, that's what I help teach, then you can set something out of sight. It doesn't have to be right in your way, visually reminding you and nagging you, because you're right. That clutter, it's guilt-inducing, and it reminds you of the unfinished tasks, and our brains love that. I tell you right now, if I said, hey, what did you do last week? What did you accomplish? You'd probably have to pause a little bit. Maybe check your notes if you have them. Most of the time, the answer is not much. But if we sat here and talked about it, I promise you, you'd blow me away with what you accomplished. But we don't sit and savor that. We don't celebrate it. And our brains are in part a cause of that because our brains are like, on to the next. What's the unfinished task loop that we have to get to? Let's do it. So, That is what clutter does. We are scared sometimes to put something away because we don't want to forget. You can learn new ways to do it. Okay, now you're definitely looking inside my soul because that's my justification. Well, if I put that away, I'll forget that I need to get back to that because like you, like so many women, probably the majority, not the minority, We're spinning multiple different plates at the same time. Oh, yeah. We're trying to be a parent, a friend, a business owner, a community volunteer, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I do. And I am. My eyeballs are flitting around this room thinking, oh, my Lord, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm leaving it there to remind me that I didn't dot that eye, didn't draw the little heart on that or, you know, whatever. So... I also feel, this isn't just you and me, I know this for sure from my own personal experience, and I know it from statistics. Women, particularly 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there's so much transition going on for us, Mm. so much evolution. And I got one high heel stuck in that decade and one sandal stuck in the next one. I'm straddling, I'm doing the splits, And in between, you're right. If I'm not reallocating, divesting, then wow, I'm going to fall over those piles. That's right. Letting those obligations, whatever they happen to be, whether they're people or the things, drain your energy. That's what happens. There's so many aspects of this saying, listen, I'm at a point where I have so much to give, but who am I giving it to? Where am I giving it? How am I giving it? And how am I setting up my environment in every way? The physical environment, mental and emotional environment, my friendships, my support group, all of that to truly lift me up. We want to lift others up. 
we need to make sure that we have the resources as well. You're so right, because you can't lift if you're not strong enough, if you don't have the energy to do so. And by the way, who would want to accept a hand up from somebody that looks like they're going to fall right off the damn ladder? I'm curious, because this has really got me thinking, Lisa, and I'm intrigued about how to really examine the various aspects of my life and my behaviors in this way of thinking. How do you work with the clients, especially in light of what's been going on with the pandemic? Tell me more about what the question is within that question. Do you have to work in person with your clients to achieve success or can you do it remotely? I do everything remotely. Do you normally work one-on-one or do you work with more than one? At this point, I'm primarily one-on-one and in a big part because I do productivity perhaps a little differently. I guess we relearn what it means. I'm not about the hustle culture. I am not about it meaning to do more. I actually mean productivity is doing less and living more and breathing easier while you do it. It's about finding what really needs to be done, checking in, reallocating. I love that word that you used, prioritizing and figuring out the most efficient ways to do things and how to streamline and how to make everything that you do authentic and purposeful and intentional. So that's relearning what we really mean by productivity. And it can be very personal. I work with personality quizzes and types, and we talk about things that are happening in your life. It's a very high trust place to be. But once you do this work, it changes the game for how you approach everything else. I hear- Certainly making me think about the oft-used label for busy women and that we're multitaskers. Mm. (laughs) Okay, what do you got to say about that? Oh, how much time do you have? No, we'll make it quick, but we'll make it effective, right? That's what I'm all about. Let me put a placeholder invitation here because I can. Yeah. I think... We should have a whole interview conversation, if you will, about that label, multitasker, because it has been a badge of pride. Absolutely. For women for decades. And you know what? That pin on the back of that badge has been pricking me for a long time. So let's talk about that in more depth. But today, summary on your thoughts on that. We can absolutely dig into this another time. Summary on my thoughts for right now. Multitasking in the way that we think of it is somewhat debunked. And let me tell you why. What our brains are always doing are task switching. Now, depending upon the task, you can switch easily. For example, if you are walking and you mostly have it down, the way I trip, sometimes I wonder if I still have to work on it. But Most of the time, you're like, I got the walking thing down. I know where I'm going. Maybe I'm going on a daily walk. I'm good to go. You can talk to someone else, listen to a podcast. You know what I mean? So then what you're doing is you're matching up tasks and doing them simultaneously. But do you notice how when you're driving in a car and you're listening to a podcast or the radio or something like that, and then there's traffic up ahead? or an accident, or something's happening, what do you do? 
you turn down the radio, right? Because you need to focus. I want you to think about that task matchup in everything that you do. And the more we try to do simultaneous tasks, the more our brains, which work in sequential fashion, not simultaneous, that means we have to switch. When there are tasks that really need our focus or are draining our energy in some way, which can be a combination of things, we lose energy and focus every single time. There's research that shows 20 minutes when you switch a task and you try to get back to something you were doing that you've lost 20 minutes right there. If you get interrupted three times, you've lost an hour. There's so much to this. So can we multitask? Yes. Do we want to? That's the question. Another aspect of the relearning of productivity. In my vernacular with the Encore Catalyst, I talk about writing the script for the next and best part of your life. And so that would definitely be an important aspect of rewriting that script that, no, I'm not a hero if I say I can multitask and do 10 things at a time and not drop any plates and break them. BS, girls, BS. It's not the most productive thing. And if I understand you correctly, it's also not the healthiest thing for us. Is that right? Yeah, I would say that because when we're forcing the multitasking and we're draining our energy and it's not working and then we're making mistakes, then that increases our stress. The minute you add to that stress response and you keep triggering it, you're going to have wellness issues for sure. My mother's voice just appeared in my head. Unfortunately, my mother has left this planet many years too early, but she always said, haste makes waste. Yeah, that was a good one. And there's a reason for that. When we rush and we're trying to do multiple things at once, we think it's efficient. And a lot of times you had to go back and redo something, fix a problem. So how was that productive? That's really the question. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Because I'm a newbie podcaster, I'm always excited to share this experience and learn from other podcasters. What inspired you to start your podcast? Well, for starters, it is a wonderful way to get the message across of hope, of encouragement, of bottom line. Whatever it is you're trying to do, it doesn't have to be that complicated. We love to complicate things. And I want to encourage that and have fun while we're doing it. But more importantly, and this actually leads back to productivity, especially as entrepreneurs, I love having conversations with people and talking with people. And so when you want to put your content out there, when you want to share your wisdom freely, there are different platforms you can do. I tried a blog at first because someone said, hey, you need to have a blog. And that was the sound of dust on my blog because I ignored it and I wouldn't write. And it's, I, I'm a fine writer. I'm an okay writer, but I didn't love it. But talking on podcasts, having conversations with women like you, oh my gosh, it's just the best. So I leaned into the thing that I love to achieve the thing that I want to do that supports my why. I am so glad that you did. And there's no dust on your podcast. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
I um I have a crush on you on your style, your conversational style, your voice is so inviting. I love the guests that you choose. So to all of my audience, I encourage you to follow Lisa's Positively Living podcast, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you. Before we wrap today, but I've already got, you heard me, everybody out there in the world. I have a commitment from Lisa to come back. We have some things to talk about. But before we wrap up, I have a question for you. Mm Mm-hmm that I like to ask, and that is, will you share something about Lisa that we probably can't find on Google? Well, I'm trying to decide between two things that I've done in the past, and I'm going to go for the less obvious one. The obvious one, just as a bonus, was the fact that I worked as a voice talent years ago, and I don't know if you could... No! (laughs) <laughs> I feel validated. Yes. <laughs> but the one that I thought would make the most sense today is the fact that I used to do martial arts. I studied Taekwondo for four years. Again, something else for me to crush on because it's still on my list. I am no longer calling it my bucket list. It's my epic shit list. Love that. And I am going to pursue something I've always said I wanted to. Another famous podcast title from our friend Liz Sumner from the Global Serial Entrepreneurs Summit. Mm -hmm. Her podcast is I Always Wanted To. Yeah. And so that's what I am in pursuit of doing now. Okay. But see, I'm always surprised when my guests say the answer to the question because it's like, hmm, didn't see that coming. It's a great question. Love it. (laughs) Cool. All right. In conclusion, I want to thank you again. I thank you so much for the really open and generous sharing of your wisdom and your life experience, because that's what Lift As You Climb means for me, that we have an ability, a responsibility, an opportunity to help others and lift them by continuing to climb ourselves, it just increases our influence and our impact. And I know that's what you do. So for my audience, please be aware of how wonderful this opportunity is to be introduced to Lisa, to follow her, go out there and find her in the world. She's constantly dropping pearls of wisdom. And she's cool and she's fun and she likes cats. I could just go on and on. Show some love and appreciation, everybody. Support us and we're going to continue to support you. Lisa, would you like to say anything in parting? I'll share my favorite quote. Hopefully I get it right. If not, we'll call it a paraphrase from Sophia Bush which is you are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. Wherever you are right now, I want you to celebrate all you have done. Keep striving for more. Celebrate everything you've done so far and even being here right now and trying to make the most of who you are. That was the best closing I could ask for. Thank you, Lisa. Talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you for spending this time with me. 
I hope our conversation added value to your day and expanded your vision for your legacy and impact. Please join me in increasing my impact and expanding my reach to more people by sharing this episode on social media or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch all of the latest from me, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me and others in my community Facebook group, The Lift As You Climb Movement, where you can engage, be inspired by, and grow with a tribe of like-minded people. As I evolve as a podcaster and a spokeswoman for collaboration and economic empowerment, your input and feedback are especially important to me. I welcome your suggestions and questions to hello at theencorecatalyst.com. Until we meet again, please remember that your success may be the foundation to someone else's. Together, we can raise success ladders around the world. Mm -hmm.